Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walchev. This is a Cali BBQ Media production, and I am in the famous <laughs> Dave and Jeff garage. This is uh, this is this. You asked me before we started the podcast if I ever thought I would be doing what I'm doing now as a barbecue restaurant owner, um, essentially going out, creating audio content, video content, blog content, um, sharing people's stories, and I never did, yeah. but now that I'm doing it, I know that it's everything that I want to do because I know that other people need it, Yeah, and I'm seeing the impact that it's making, um, which is so amazing You know, to really get back to the thesis that this show started on. Um, when we started Behind the Smoke, we're so grateful that we have listeners from all over the world that followed the journey that Derek and I went on, 100 episodes recording with all different types of people. Um, you were on Behind yeah, the Smoke, you shared, uh, that was right before, actually, I'm wearing the Dave and Jeff show 20th anniversary um, Jack Daniels t-shirt. <laughs> that, uh, that Still they, waiting for that cease and desist. Yeah, so that, that <laughs> they, uh, they sold this t-shirt um, for the, the event, which happened right here, actually, in Eastlake, East like country club and um what an incredible event that was because we had you on the podcast that was right after you guys had interviewed lisa ann yeah the famous lisa ann yep um, fantasy football expert fantasy football <laughs> fantasy football expert lisa ann and really this was that was kind of year two of your guys's podcasting yeah. journey so you were you came on behind the smoke to talk about how your transition from a radio sports personality and old media yep. into this new media, yeah. into podcasting. And I listened back to that episode, and that's one of the cool things about creating content for the internet is that you can always, it's on demand. You yes. can go back and listen anytime. And that's the way audiences are now listening and getting their media information. And yes. it's one of those where you and I, obviously we talk a lot about kids. and. Um, talking about if you stay in touch with what your kids are interested in, you're always going to be ahead of it. And so with radio, as much as I love doing radio, and as much as I used to love getting the newspaper, I start to realize there's nothing in today's newspaper that happened today. Yes, Everything comes across really quickly on your phone, on your computer, and you're ahead of the game. And guys like, unfortunately, guys who we used to listen to for years, like even Lee Hamilton, yep. his show became irrelevant. There was more, no more breaking news. Mm -hmm. And then his show was a lot about breaking news and, and headlines. Well, everybody already knew the truth and knew the news that was happening before 3 o'clock. And it, it affected guys like him and his show. So I started talking to my son and saying, how often are you watching TV? And he goes, never. He goes, As a matter of fact, I don't even own a TV. This is when he was in college. He goes, I stream everything. And then I started, I used to be a guy that was a stockholder in DirecTV. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I have DirecTV, you have DirecTV in the restaurant. Yep. And then you start to realize that less than 2% of the people under the age of 22 have cable or direct TV. Cord cutters. And I, They're not even cutting the cord. They're just never even plugging it no, in. No, not at all. And so um, I started thinking, okay, well, my way is the old way. I can sit there and be the last of the Mohicans, or I can sit there and adjust. And when Jeff and I first left um, 1360 in August 2016, I said to him, hey, let's do a podcast. His answer was no way. He looked at it as a big step backwards. He didn't understand the direction it was going. Mm -hmm. He said finally in January 2017, after the Chargers left, hey, you want to do that podcast? I yeah. said, yeah, I still want to do it. 
and we, we jumped on it. People always will make comments back and forth who don't understand the difference of radio sure. and, and what we're doing. And they'll say, well, you guys haven't gotten another radio job. We haven't applied for another radio job. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I think Jeff took one meeting representing the show. I was out of town. And in 10 minutes, he called me and said, I'm not interested. We haven't pursued another radio job. And before that was the only thing we thought we were capable of doing. So the podcast was in demand. It got a great response. Um, it's one of those where when we did radio, we had pretty good audiences, especially when we were at 760 KFMB and we were the Charger Station and the Padre Station that when we went to the podcast and we've had more than 2 million downloads, we never had that kind of response in radio. And, and you sit there and you go, wow, this is around the world. This isn't just San Diego. We talk a lot of San Diego sports, but around the world, the response has been outstanding and it continues to grow. And we're trying to follow in your footsteps with, with obviously the video and the lighting and for some reason, as, as much as I love to hear what people have to say, you realize people want to see those guys actually sure. talk about what they have to say. And uh, you're, you're ahead of it. I'm, I'm, I can't tell you how proud I am of what you're doing Thank because you. not only are you successful, you're a very young guy, but even successful young people get bored. Like I've mastered the restaurant business. Yeah. What's, what's the next step? I can sit there and do this till I'm 75 and then hand it off or sell it, mm-hmm. or I can find something else that gets me out of bed every day. And that's why I asked you, how do you feel about what you're doing right now? And your response was, this is what I felt like I was meant to do. This is, it rejuvenates you. It keeps it's, you living. It keeps you excited to say what's next. It's the most exciting. It's, it's following the curiosity path. And, you know, we're so fortunate to have had a small business in Spring Valley that opened in 2008 when literally was the crisis, economic crisis. And everyone close to me that I respect that are smart, they said, don't spend your money. Don't open up a restaurant, let alone don't open one in Spring Valley. And the fortunate thing for us was that it was very hard. You know, I'm so grateful that we weren't successful when we opened because it forced me to go, well, we need to do marketing. And how do we market? We did everything. I mean, we paid for radio ads. We paid for... um, Yellow Page ads, which is you know an old school yes, Yellow Page yeah. book. I mean, we joined the Chamber of Commerce. We yep. did all kinds of things. And what we found was that the most important thing was that staying on top of the internet, which yep. was Facebook at the time, uh, Yelp, Google, all those things were important and not discriminating. Not just because I had a personal feeling towards a platform. Yep. It didn't matter because if there's people there, those people could find out about barbecue exactly. or they could find out about, about our restaurant. And um, you know, one of the things for me why I was so excited to you know make sure that we did this podcast is there's always, there's been a reoccurring theme in everything that we've done at our restaurant and then what you guys continue to do and that's that's giving back yeah um, you know giving back through sports is something that we wouldn't have our barbecue events um, if I didn't go to Derek Marceau at Valley Farm Market who's my former co-host and say would you sponsor this barbecue competition? Uh, because we want to raise money for kids who can't play sports. Yeah. Uh, fundraising is very hard. Really hard. Anybody and everyone that owns a business, anyone that's involved with PTA, involved with your church, there's always something, there's a cause. Yeah. And hopefully it's not a tragic one. Sometimes it is. Yeah. Sometimes it's, you know, you just need equipment. Fundraising is something that's very difficult because you need volunteers to do it. Yeah. Um, plus you need to make it easy. Yeah. Right. And for me, watching 
what you guys did as a podcast, you know, for your 20th, you could have just had a party for your yeah. 20th uh, anniversary, just invited yeah. all the listeners. And Jeff would have made you time. put all the food out and everything at <laughs> your expense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah guilted the, you right into it. One of the best it. parts about the podcast is listening to Jeff sign, sign Cali Comfort up for all kinds of things. <laughs> for everything. That, uh, <laughs> but that, but actually that goes to what we talk about every week on digital hospitality is that if you, if you don't ask for help, yeah. asking for help, especially in this day and age, I mean, I know as, as a man, as, as a father, it's very hard for me to ask for help. Yeah. And what I've realized is the same thing that we believe is that a rising tide lifts all ships mm -hmm. and watching what you guys did with your podcast, where you and Jeff both have an incredible ability to literally plan the event on the air. Yeah. So your listeners are compelled to say, yeah. oh, you need help with t-shirts. Oh, they need help with food. Yeah. Oh, they need help with a venue. Yeah. Next thing you know, I need help with a website. That introduced you to Kyle. Yes. You know, Kyle, who's here today, yeah. Kyle Fluger, um, Mithral Media. He's done the Dave and Jeff website. He did Jake's Projects website. Yeah. He helped us combine our media and our restaurant into Cali BBQ Media. He's done Valley Farm site. That's his game. Yeah. That's his craft. But what I didn't realize was I needed to bring people like that who are at the top of their craft yeah. for my ideas to get to where I needed them to go. Yeah. And I learned from your podcast. Yeah. Right. So that's being curious and getting involved. Yeah. It's the digital hospitality. Yeah. It can't just be, we all have ideas, but where do you hear those ideas? And then when do you put those ideas into action? You guys put those ideas into action and you held this incredible event you know, which I'll always remember. All the listeners of the show yeah. will always remember. Yeah. Um, that was 2018, 2018. 2018, yeah. And I tell you what, I got to give Jeff the majority of the credit on that one. It's uh, it's not one of those where Jeff and I, our relationship is is always been, you know, 50-50, no matter who comes up with what, mm -hmm. no matter who helped line up a job, who helped get a guest. We never said, I did this, I did that. Um, I will say that was that was his doing. He did a fantastic job. You know, 2018 was a, a terrible year for me to start. It yeah. was January 1st where I get a phone call that said that my dad took his own life. And it was also January 1st, 2018, when Jeff and his wife decided they were getting a divorce. And so, I mean, the, I'm, I'll never forget that phone call as long as I live. It was he called me and said, you know, my wife and I are done. And I responded with my dad just shot himself. And I was, it took me a long time to get out of that fog. And for him, he used his energy to put that event together. And um, that was, you know, 95% him. I think my 5% was showing up. You know, I mean, it was, well, you, it was, it was, it was very little, but he, he put his energy into a fantastic event. And, and that's uh, what a partnership exactly, is. Exactly. He carried that, me that, that, that's that year. What, that's what a partnership yeah. is. And, you know, one of the things, with new media, with podcasting, with what you guys have done is you've brought your listeners into not just the good times, but the bad. Yeah. And, um, you know, in particular Jake's projects, which was really something that no, none of us ever wanted to be Yeah, his legacy. Of course. Um, can you tell us, yeah, what I'd, happened, I'd, I'd love. After the, I would love after, to. After, I'd love to talk about this. Um, you know, most people who who understand, listen to our show, obviously, that you know, you mentioned Kyle. Kyle's family to us. We you know this podcast has opened the doors to so many people, and not only just business relationships, but much more than that. When this is all said and done, you know, 
Kyle matters to us. His wife matters to us. His kids matter to us. Same thing with you and same thing with Brian Curry and Dan Williams and Ryan Barkley and, and of course, uh, Alan Taylor. Everybody that has ever involved themselves with us, it's, it's a friendship and a business relationship, but it, it's the friendship thing that Jeff and I value the most. And it, it's one of those things, as much as we love doing what we love doing as far as broadcasting and talking and getting a chance to, for us, this is kind of therapy. You know, yeah. we, especially the last few years doing the show, we kind of talk about all of our feelings and everything we're going through. Um, <clears throat> it's been, um, it's, it's been completely different than anything we've ever done. We've opened ourselves up to everything that's on the inside. Um, so when we, in, as I said, uh, January 1st, 2018, my father passes away, August 30th, um, October, excuse me, October 30th, 2018, my youngest son passes away. I have two boys and uh, my youngest son passed away right after he turned basically 20. Um, and so Jake had battled depression. And what I get now is I coach and I've been coaching for almost 26 years and usually youth baseball and all the way from got four years old till 18 years old for years. I've been doing that age group last year. Um, I was coaching at Benito Vista high school. Still am the head coach at Benito Vista, but I was at East Lake. I was at West Hills. I was around kids and I was like being around kids. I think more than adults because kids are usually trying to play you for, to take advantage of you for something. There's always something, an angle it feels like with adults that even the ones you think oh that guy is a good guy. And then you realize he's, he's working an angle. Mm -hmm. And that's why, the friendships I have, I value so much because if I let you in, that means I 100% trust you and, and I keep my group very small. And I, I think Jeff's the same way. Um, for Jake, he had battled depression for about three, four years um, to the point where he attempted suicide twice. Um, he battled back, was doing fantastic, and was coaching young kids with me. And so he was coaching our, our travel team, the California Bears, where Jake was a player first. And, um, and then many of his teammates moved on. Jake wanted to be a pro football player. He decided he was going to keep playing baseball, but he wanted to be a pro football player, changed his whole body from eighth grade till his senior year. He just started working out like crazy and trying to gain weight. He wanted to be a, an offensive lineman. And he talked to major schools and thought he was going pro. I mean, when he was in ninth grade, he's talking to PAC 12 schools, talking to SEC schools and thinking, I'm going to realize my dream. And I used to go into cover the charger games and I go, Jake's bigger than almost every offensive lineman on the team as a, as a teenager. And there's a, there's a picture of him next to Sean right now, but that that's picture. a picture of him that he used to work out all the time. And you see that Jake has a, a bunch of tattoos and the tattoos. I honestly feel that was, a, that was his depression time. He got a tattoo, thought it would make him feel better. Then he'd get another one, get another one. His mom and I didn't approve any of them. Matter of fact, we got pissed every time. And my <laughs> wife cried every time he came on with the new one, but he looked older than a teenager. So they would assume the guys in his twenties or thirties and they would tattoo him up, even though he was way too young to be getting tattoos. I think he was like 50, 15, 16 when he got his first one, but he was a big dude. Jake mm -hmm. was, um, you know, when he was at his, his best, the guy was bench pressing more than 500 pounds. He was over 300 pounds. He was strong. He was a really strong kid and, uh, had a heart of gold, but man, if you got on his bad side, you don't want that. And he, he would, he could handle himself, but at the same time he, he had a big heart. He threw his time into coaching these young kids when he was done and his teammates that I moved on, um, it's kind of nuts. We started in this community in, in East Lake with a group of kids and 
I believe it's 11 kids come next June will be major, will be pro baseball players. That's unbelievable. It, it's amazing that one gets a scholarship, let alone that 11 kids off one team makes it as well, a professional baseball didn't player. Didn't you start that program for literally for Jake as, like, I, I, as, as somebody that, that the other coaches didn't want him? Yes. Well, what happened was, it's interesting, brought this up. So Jake was eight years old and I coached Josh, my older son in baseball for years. And I said, you know, I want to be a parent. I want to be able to hold the camera. I want I want video of my kid playing. You can't hold a camera when you're coaching. <laughs> and I and I wanted to be a, a dad. I wanted to see what it's like to sit there and just cheer him on. And um, the coach that took him on uh, shamed him. Um, you know, would say you know he'd, he'd call him names. He would just horrible things as as an eight year old stuff you would never say to a kid. If you saw it on TV, you'd get disgusted. And um, one of the other coaches on, on that team that was coaching him was a, a good guy, still friends with to this day, was a police officer and told the head coach, I'm going to have to arrest you by the way you're treating these kids. Wow. You, and he came to me and said, I know you coach. Any chance you take some of these kids and we can start over. And so I took a group of kids, basically, that most people didn't want in the community to play. They weren't good enough to play. The Misfits. And those same kids, when we first started, we couldn't even finish a game. I mean, we got blown out all the time. And then it went to the point of, in a short time, of not only were we winning, we were winning a ton. We'd play 100 games a year and win 90 of them. Yeah. We became one of the best teams in the country. And it was, uh, it was, it was absolutely uh, a crazy ride. Um, you, at that point, you were also tying in fundraising. You believed so much in your mission of creating yeah. these childhood memories. Yes, that's that the That you that was were the goal. putting equipment travel costs on your credit cards yeah. and going into credit card debt in yeah. order to fund this mission to the point where yeah. Rita, your wife said, Hey, da like yeah. Dave, this was, is, this we were 15,000 in debt. Yeah. I put on the credit card. This is, this is yeah. becoming an issue. Yes, exactly. Right. And she, yeah, hundred percent. And we, uh, when I looked at it, we were 15,000 in debt. I was buying not for every kid, but some kids I was buying gloves, shoes, pants, the necessities, jerseys, to stuff play. to play. Yeah. And it wasn't just so Jake could keep playing. It wasn't worried about that. Jake was a really good baseball player. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that Jake stunk. Jake was really good. Jake hit a ton of home runs and always came up with the biggest hits for us when we needed them. It wasn't so my kid could play. It was so he, so all his friends could play and have good childhood experience. Mm -hmm. Here, the gardener. Yeah, there's the gardener. He's, <laughs> he's getting ready for the party. We have a party coming up in a couple hours. So, um, so for Jake, um, we went through this this experience, and he had a great time, and, and his teammates moved on, and he was the biggest fan of his teammates. He There's a kid if, if from San Diego, and you pay attention to San Diego State. There's a, a kid that he was teammates with when he was four, Casey Schmidt, who is an All-American. He's going to get drafted maybe first round in June. He's outstanding, but... Casey's a great kid and he'll be one of the last ones to go. And, and we, one of the other kids on the team was Brett Boone's son, who um, the Boone family, as everybody knows, Brett Boone's son's a shortstop at Princeton. He's getting drafted in June. And um, the last one will be, uh, or the last two will be Matt Richardson from shortstop from Utah. And uh, Ryan Barkley's younger brother, Aaron's going to get drafted in June. And so after that, we got four more guys getting drafted. And then that class has moved on. So we started up a new group of kids and I said, you know, well, let's do this again. Let's start it all over. And so we grabbed a group of kids and I said to Jake, I want you to kind of take hold of this team the way I did. I'll be around, but I want this to become your team. So Jake, Brett Boone and I um, had this younger Bears team and 
Um, we kept it going and it changed Jake. It it took him out of his depression when he started realizing there's more from giving than to taking that all of a sudden there was a reason to get up every day, a reason to take care of himself. When he stopped playing football because he had concussion problems that, Hey, I'm going to drop this weight. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to get in shape and, and, uh, and I'm going to basically do everything I can to give back to the community. And he was doing so well. So, um, the, the last four days of Jake's life are, I think are important because Jake was a guy that would, he would, he would smoke pot every once in a while. He wasn't a drinker never liked alcohol, never did uh, crazy stuff as far as, uh, you know, heroin, cocaine, anything like that. But when Jake was going through his depression problems, he would take Xanax to help him sleep, not prescribed, not given to us, but it was easy to get friends would give him uh, Xanax pills. We weren't okay with it. I wasn't okay with pot smoking either. I'm one of those guys that if it's a day before my kid's 21st birthday, you can't have a beer. It's yeah. when you're 21, you're 21. The law is and the law. The law is the law. That's why I've always raised my kids. So with uh, Jake, um, I come home on a Friday. Um, there's some kids in my garage where we're sitting right now on those couches right there. And um, they weren't supposed to be in my house. I told those kids they weren't supposed to be in my house. I told Jake those kids aren't allowed in our house. And uh, Jake walked right up to me as soon as I walked in and he, he knew I saw them. And because I'll be honest with you, this is what I, I told Jake. Certain people aren't allowed in this house. They aren't good for you. And your mom and I aren't going to sit there and go through and watch you take a step backwards. So this is what's going to happen. I see someone like that on my property. I'm going to beat the dog shit out of them. Then I'm going to call the cops and say they're breaking in. And I said, you think I'm joking? He goes, I know you're serious. Well, I see these kids on the couch. And before I could react to basically lose my temper, um, Jake says, I messed up. And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, I, I tried mushrooms. That, those mushrooms threw him into a complete depression. It was, it was a million steps backwards. It affected him to the point he was, got crazy sad. He got crazy angry. Um, he didn't know what was going on. I, I, my wife didn't understand what was happening. And I said, he, you know, here's the deal. He took mushrooms. She was upset. Josh was upset. And we go through the whole process as far as trying to get Jake um, uh, ready to go for the next day. Because the next day he volunteered to speak at a suicide prevention walk. He couldn't do it. He couldn't pull it together. You know, 12 hours later, he wasn't, wasn't out of his system. So he didn't go. Then Josh went in his place. He didn't. Josh didn't speak, but Josh and I went. Jeff was there. Lisa Ann was there. A bunch of our listeners were there, and it was a great day. Um, come back, Jake's still upset. Come back to Sunday, and almost all of it was out of his system. He was almost back to being the same kid. He, Jake was supposed to coach a Bears game, and I said, "I'm not letting you go. Um, you aren't 100. percent I don't want those kids to notice you aren't 100. percent I'm gonna go coach in your place." I coach, come back, uh, things are getting a little bit better. Comes back on on Monday and um, we have a Benita Vista practice and Jake doesn't show up to our, our practice. Jake's one of my coaches along with Josh at Benita Vista High School. And um, come home and I said, where were you? And he said, man, I just wasn't feeling good. He goes, and he's having a normal conversation with me. Everything's uh, back to normal, Jake. And he said, um, I, had a, I had a seizure. And he started having seizures that, that summer when it got to be hot, he started having seizures. So he said to me, um, I'm going to, I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. And I said, okay, tell him everything. And he goes, I'm going to, going to the doctor tomorrow. Well, in that time while I was at Benita Vista coaching and, uh, someone gave him a, a Xanax pill and said, Jake, he goes, just sleep it off and, and the mushrooms will be out of your system. 
Well, that Xanax pill wasn't the Xanax pills he's taken in the past. It was laced with fentanyl. And when he took the took the pill, it stopped his heart. And then basically, while he was up in his room playing Fortnite with a group of people on, online, it just stopped his heart and he fell over and, and he died. And then my wife and I, who my wife, I should say, found him the next day. And um, and that was that was the end of his life. So so many questions at first we weren't sure there were a few hours that we thought maybe it was a suicide and it's like i don't think it was suicide he was doing so great and when i had a conversation the night before he was doing so great and um so he he um you know you go through this process if you just lost your son it's absolutely terrible and um so okay what what do we want to do and we had a service for jake and jake when he's going through his depression used to say to me all the time you know, if I ever died, nobody would ever show up to my funeral. Nobody cares about me. Nobody would show up. It was amazing how many people actually showed up. It was about 1,500 people. There was, it was like almost standing room only. And there were people from the Dodgers, which was Jake's favorite team. There are people from the Padres there, from the Chargers. There's so many people all over the place. You know, Bruce Bochy called me right away. Uh, Eric Weddle called me right away. Um, and, and not to miss names, but there are so many people that Jake would have been shocked. You know, Nick Saban, who was Josh's coach at Alabama, the family reached out to us three times that week, you know, kept sending flowers and calling and making sure everything was okay. And it was, it was absolutely, uh, it was incredible. Jake would have been amazed that that many people cared about him and cared about this family. And so, um, so we said, what can we do that Jake would want? Jake loved those kids that he was coaching. If you were at the funeral, you saw all those kids are wearing California Bears jerseys. Yep. He, not only his old teammates, but also the new kids. Yep. And so I said, here's the deal. Let's start Jake's Projects. Um, the shirt's right there that we have. And it's the centerpiece is a picture of Jake giving me a hug after, after a big win. And Jake wore number 25. That's why 25 is always involved in everything with Jake. And he wore 25 because he loved his brother, and his brother wore 25 when he played baseball. That's where 25 came from. And so um, we go through the whole process of, of starting uh, Jake's Projects, jakesprojects.org, as we can find it. And it's to, to kind of with the attitude of the Bears. Uh, winning is great, you know, and, and I've, as a coach, I've won a lot. But as a coach, I've never thrown one pitch. I've never hit one ball. You know, these kids yeah. do it all. We do is we give them the confidence to play up to their ability. Worst case scenario, they're going to leave the Bears or high school baseball with good childhood memories. Everybody wants to win a championship, but, you know, Sean, behind, your, behind you, I have uh, like 100 plaques of championships my teams have won. Nobody ever knocks on my door and go, can I see your plaques? <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. Yeah, no, But you right. know what? The kids always come up to me and, and have stories all the time. And, you know, last night I had, uh, I had a player from the Cleveland Indians in, in the same garage just check it in, see how things are going. And, and he, it was always about stories about their youth and the experiences they had in, in the dugout or, or like there was a game where we were beating the hell out of a team and all of a sudden an Uber Eats shows up in our dugout and Jake bought Italian food for everybody during the game, yes. you know, and the coach on the team freaked out how disrespectful it was, but it was, it was, it was Jake, you know, yeah. you go, only Jake would do shit like this. So it was, it was, it was, it was funny. Um, so as we've gone on, not only was Jake connecting with kids on our team that I didn't realize were fighting depression, I didn't realize how much it has changed from the time when I played, from when I, I even started Jake's team. I didn't realize this depression thing was such a big deal. 
And obviously I saw it with my son, with where I coach now at Benita Vista High School. We had a great year, first year. We had a we had a first winning record at that school in three years, and, and we got moved up to the highest division and did really well. One game away from the championship. And from June 1st, when our season ended, till September 14th, when I got back to the team, I had four parents come up to me and said, my kid attempted suicide this summer. No way. And they're going, this is in East Lake Benita area. And why did they come up to you? Because they wanted to let me know. And they wanted to let me know that we keep an eye on my kid. And they knew and, that you and, shared and, your and, story. And they knew I shared the story. It, Unfortunately, it's, it's, it's the part of being part of the worst club of all time. Yeah. And... You know, it's here. Here's the interesting thing is we have for us in, in high school ball, and it's like this in high school sports. Kids get cut. I think every sport cuts somebody except in football. Football, they don't cut anybody. But in baseball, they only a certain amount of uniforms. The funding in public schools isn't isn't great. And and it's less and less, especially the area where we are right now. And, and Sean, you live in the neighborhood now. But there well, was I, part of the reason I live in the neighborhood was by because of literally listening to you talk about the neighborhood. Yeah, the neighborhood's been outstanding you know, like to us. That's 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 why I know digital hospitality yeah. and what we're doing is by sharing those ideas. Yeah. Like you you gave me that trust knowing when my wife knows nothing about yeah. East Lake that hey, we should start looking for because we have a son and we have a yeah. daughter and I I want them to have the best. Uh, right? uh, yeah, good school system, good people. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it, it's been a great community for us. We've been here since 2001, and uh, we always say, well, if we move where we move to, there's, I mean, yeah, there are nice areas of San Diego, but this community has brought us in as a family. Yeah. And um, so when I talk about the issue of cutting kids, I, I you know, I, I talk to my assistant coaches, oh, you got to cut this kid, you got to cut this kid, this kid. And they don't know. I didn't share their stories of mm-hmm. which kids are on the edge or which parents are concerned about their kids because there are things bigger than baseball. I said to Josh, I said, man, if I cut this kid and he kills himself, I said, over what, $150 jersey, meaning home and away jerseys? Yeah. I go, I'm going to give up a life for $150 jersey? And you go, well, how big are we going to keep our rosters? And it, it got to the point of, I don't give a shit. we got to find money for these yeah. kids. And I'm not raising money through Jake's Projects for those kids because I don't want to mix the two. Yes. But just in that circumstance, I was telling the story to my sister-in-law who lives in Florida. She goes, how much are the jerseys? And I said, well, this is how many jerseys I'm going to need. These are the kids I'm going to need. She goes, I'll, uh, I'll buy the jerseys. I don't want you to, don't cut anybody this year. That's amazing. And so you know, you have to have a conversation with them and say, look, playing time might be uh, minimal because there are kids in front of you that, that have earned more playing time. But if you want to be part of the team, we'll keep you on the team. Um, but it, it's hard to sit there and say, I'm going to give up a life for 150 bucks. Yeah. So when we go to Jake's projects and you talk about the expenses, travel ball is really expensive. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about the ability to play pro baseball, college baseball, to get seen, unfortunately, scouts don't go to the high school games as much anymore. And colleges don't go to the high school games because you have to remember when San Diego State's playing, they're playing at the same time Benita Vista's playing. Yeah. They don't have time to come see you, see you play. So they see you play during the summer. So the pro teams see you during the summer. The the colleges see you during the summer. Well, how expensive is it to play? A lot. Tournaments are are eight hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then some are more expensive than that. And then the price of shoes and the price of bats, and all of a sudden things get really expensive. And you go, well, how do you keep it going? 
So the idea is to give kids a chance to play. That's what Jake would have wanted. That's what, what I obviously like to do is give these kids a chance to play. Worst case scenario, if they don't make it to the pros, they don't get a college scholarship, they had good childhood memories. And yes. that's something we want to be able to control because with good childhood memories and remembering how they were treated, hopefully they become great dads too. Sure. And that's it's, it's a trickle-down thing as far as – what kind of what kind of dad am I going to be? Hopefully, we're we're good examples. You know, we never demean a kid when the way we coach. We always look at it as we're teachers. We aren't sit there to criticize. If a kid messes up, he messed up because you didn't do a good enough job teaching him. That's our our attitude. I wish more coaches would go about that. And unfortunately, you don't see that all the time. But the kids need an opportunity to play. I always think it's funny how baseball especially, and you see it in every sport, but baseball especially, you'll see, I want you to play like Derek Jeter, but I'm not going to coach you like Joe Torre. Right. You know, I'm going to scream at you like uh, like um, I'm like a big-time football coach, like Bob <laughs> yeah. Knight or, or, or one of those guys. But I'm not going to coach the way – Derek Jeter's uh, coach coached, but I'm, I want you to play like Derek Jeter. Yeah. And so when somebody messes up, when, especially when it's a kid, when he makes an error, he strikes out, he doesn't come through when you expect him to, nobody feels worse than that kid. You yeah. don't need to tell him he sucks. And so I've never been around a kid that messed up on purpose. But you got to give a kids the opportunity if they have the ability to to play, and it yeah. doesn't have to be travel ball. It can be little league fees are little league fees are up to almost three hundred dollars wow. in a lot of leagues, and it's it's so expensive. When I played, I think it was twenty two dollars for the year, mm-hmm. and uh, now you're looking at bats that are four hundred bucks, and and even field maintenance and everything else that go in, goes into it. So there are a ton of charities out there, and people say I want to give back or I have money to give back, and as you said, either give back to a church or or St. Jude's or cancer research. All those are great. But for me, I've thrown my time into kids. Jake threw his time into kids. And this is what we're trying to do with this charity is create good childhood memories. Yeah, and I think, you know, for people that obviously love Jake, people that love California baseball, uh, the you know, yeah. your, the Bears team, everyone that loves the Dave and Jeff show, yeah. one, of the, one of the things that I'm so confident in what we're doing, you know, in 2020 and beyond is that Digital hospitality, is, it's bringing together all these people that are specialized in what they do. Yeah. And I think that goes back to the power of asking for help is, you know, I know that I can do things certain pretty well. Yeah. I know that I could learn how to, you know, set up our website, but I know how much better our website's going to be if I have someone like Kyle Fluger. Yeah. And when Kyle sets up the site, then I know that his craft, he can help us do what we want to do. And we learned about him through you guys. Yeah. And people are starting to notice what we're doing and are reaching out and the companies that are going to win, the brands that are going to win, the missions that are going to win are the ones that understand that we can't do it by ourselves. And how can we further Jake's projects? Well, there's a company called Tzilla that has come into contact with us and they are an incredible tech company, e-commerce company that has solved a fundraising problem that all of us who's ever tried to sell a t-shirt to raise money for something, we all know is that designing t-shirts is a pain in the ass. We want to make sure that it's authentic. It's true to what the mission is. Exactly. But then you have to come up with the money up front. Someone has to pay that up front. You have to come up with sizes. Sizes are the big things where you get killed. They, they've created a model that we can embed the Tzilla campaign onto Jake's Project's yeah. website, which Kyle has done such an incredible yep. job. We're going to do a YouTube episode, and people are going to be able to go on directly and buy a shirt. Fantastic. Which will start a c- campaign for raising money. Yeah. And that's it gets back to, you know, next year, I'm, another 
connection because of the Dave and Jeff shows, I met Katie Temple yes. through the Dave and Jeff yeah. podcast. And Katie Temple is just this incredible woman that has had this illustrious sports career yes. on TV. She has Katie Temple coaching, but she picked me out of all the people that she knows in her yeah. network that I would be somebody that could raise money to beat blood cancer for Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Fantastic. So next year I'm going to be campaigning. Well, what am I going to want to do? I'm going to need to find somebody like T Zilla yeah. to sell a shirt. I, those things have to be top of mind. That yeah. website for Jake's projects has to be top yeah. of mind and creating the content because the content helps the story, yeah. right? What you guys do with your podcast, with the Dave and Jeff show, adding those videos to Jake's projects, talking about, you know, what exactly are we raising money for? Look at this cool little league field. Back to the, yeah. you know, what you guys yes. talked about is finding an underserved little league field. Yeah. But it's not, we're just going to go find a shitty field. We're going to find somebody that cares yes. enough to maintain that. Maintain it. And it's just be, to get it started. It's got to be a reciprocal relationship. And, and just to get it started, because uh, I've done this already with, with other money. And I, I want to point out, too, because I think it's really important. This is a nonprofit. Yes. You know, this non-profit, is a nonprofit. 501c3. Yes. That's this is correct. exactly so right. That, like, that is very crucial because yep. what fundraising is one thing, but raising, creating a nonprofit yep. 501c3 yep. is another, exactly. another entity. That is actually a nonprofit entity yeah. that's tax exempt, which means you can get corporate funds. Exactly right. Which is which is great. And that and, and much more difficult. And we have a lot of great people on our, on our board who have stepped up. Not one person has said no. Everyone's yes. been absolutely outstanding on this. Um, but when you talk about the fields, because we can talk about uniforms, bat shoes. If they have nowhere to play, what's the point? Correct. Fields are crazy expensive. I mean, you're looking at about ten thousand dollars. Wow. It is crazy expensive. Ten thousand dollars what? Ten thousand dollars to get the right dirt in because really? for one season. For no, no, to last, to last, to last, okay. to last. So, it, it, believe it or not, there's certain kinds of dirts. I mean, there's there dirts that they have to make sure it's not contaminated. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to get the quality that it's going to drain properly. If you want to put a grass infield in, that's a whole nother expense. To have places for the parents to sit, that's a whole nother expense. To have dugouts that are safe that aren't going to fall on the kid's head or or basically filled with termites, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. And again, to set it up for years to come is, is what we're trying to do. And then we move on to the next field, you know, and, but it is, it, it, it is expensive. It's not just, Hey, I can get jerseys for 12 kids. That's yes. not what we're talking about. It's expensive to find places for these kids to play. And, um, again, what we're doing is, is not only, as I said, for the children, but the, the nonprofit part is big to say, hey, we need we need help as, as much as we can to help these kids, giving them a place to play. Correct. And how many you hear all the time from older people? Oh, my kids never leave the house. They play video games all day long. They don't, they don't have any interaction. Everything's texting. People don't even pick up the phone. Yep. The, the personal relationships that these kids used to develop when we were younger and even – kids kids I'm coaching now that are 18 it, it's it's hardly any interaction yeah. I asked uh, I asked kids uh, yesterday on my high school team what are you guys doing for New Year's Eve and nobody was doing anything with each other everybody's going to their own separate house mm-hmm. you know and and there's no interaction and there's no relationship it's it, relationships it's strange yeah. to, to me it's strange and I said when it's all said and done what is what is your connection what kind of friendships are you are you developing and I, I feel on a ball field, man, there's that, that feeling there's of, that of family. Yeah. I mean, the, we, we believe every business, yeah. you have to business mission, the hospitality business, you, you invite someone into your home. That's where all the magic happens. Yep. As much as we love dis- digital, we're all in on digital and all the platforms be as loud as you can be on video, be on audio, write, write articles for your website. But at the end of the day, if there's not that event where all of us are coming together for that mission, that call to action, yep. 
what's that call to action? The call to action is I'm going to support the Dave and Jeff show and I'm going to show up and I'm going to show up with what can I give? Maybe I can't donate as a sponsor, a $5,000 check, but I know that I can bring the best barbecue from my restaurant. Exactly. And I know that I can call our media team and have them come and video it because I know that'll help carry the message on. These are the things that we as 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 leaders in our community have to start doing yep. is that asking for help exactly right exactly right and i can't thank you enough for being such an incredible friend and incredible leader i feel the same way um the mission that you have embarked on um obviously was not designed no um but because of your strength you're sharing a story that is so deep and personal um and you have no idea how many lives you're going to save yeah. because of it. I, I, I appreciate it. It's funny, man, when you think about what you want to be when you're younger and then as you go older and your goals start changing a little bit and which direction you're, you're going to go. I think uh, when I was a young kid, I wanted to be a pro baseball player. And then as I got older, I wanted to be the best broadcaster and I wanted to do radio to the point where I had enough money I could retire and do whatever I was coming next. Um, but, but right now I'm still in my late forties and, and honestly, my goal is the rest of my life is to help as many kids out. That's, that's what it is. It's to, honestly to create as many good childhood memories as, as possible. And, um, some of the stuff I look back in my childhood wasn't exactly the way I wanted it. I know you have a similar story where it wasn't exactly the way you wanted it. It mm-hmm. wasn't a TV show. It wasn't a movie I where never met my father, yeah. No. And, and I never had the relationship with my father that, that I wanted. And, um, and I know it's similar, and, and so I think back to how many people follow and how they were taught growing up, meaning if you come from an abused relationship, and I, I wasn't, I don't want to make it sound like my dad hit me, my dad and I just didn't have the relationship we ever spoke. He didn't watch and you so, play, he dropped you off. Yes. I mean, Bryce Miller, yeah. who we'll put a link in the article, Stover, our producer, does an incredible job adding everything we talk about um, in the show notes for the website, but Bryce Miller did an unbelievable he did a great job, job of storytelling of the the context of 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 Jake's story and yeah. your story too yeah because you are such a good dad because you decided okay, that I was, was going to be become like the dad, dad that I wanted to be yeah. that I wanted I wanted that I, I was I'm the dad that I wish my dad was that's yeah. the direction I took instead of being the same dad back to my my kids and that's that was uh, my goal um, but again I hope these kids become good dads because of it I know you're going to become or you're already a great dad but you'll continue to be a great dad as your kids get older same same thing that's important to me it's important to you and and uh, I, I worry about these kids that are fighting depression because I have never seen anything like it. And a big part of what we're doing, we didn't touch on it, but is the ed- education as far as not only drugs like fentanyl and and depression and why you turn to stuff like that. But, um, you know, I, I worry about it. It's not to be, be a downer, but I have a kid that played on the Bears uh, for me a few years ago and played for me at West Hills High School who passed away three weeks ago on a fentanyl overdose. Couldn't believe it. You know, I'm saying you took fentanyl after knowing what happened to my son. And then I have another kid, not, they weren't together, same, same exact day. And this is one of my sponsors, Alan Taylor, Alan Taylor and and Amy, um, their son, Gavin is on life support right now. And same thing. He took a fentanyl pill. And, and, and right now he's in, we, we talk about it on our show about every time we do a commercial for them, Hey, p- please think about them because that kid's in Grossman hospital fighting for his life. And as, as we do this show right now, 
Gavin is, uh, is, is in the hospital having his right leg amputated. And not only are they trying to save his life, but he has such a severe infection. So here's a kid that's not going to be able to play baseball. Here's a kid that's just trying to live his life and hopefully come out of it. But it has been terrible watching, you know, people that we care about who are going through such a hard time. And, um, you know, I went and, and spent Christmas with him because I was worried. What if this is his last Christmas? And to see the heartbreak on his mother's face and his dad's face, and and I asked him. I said, "Was Gavin at Jake's funeral?" And they said, "No, he he it was too much for him. He didn't go." And I keep thinking, man, if Gavin was there and he saw my wife walk in there, who could barely stand, and saw me talk and tell Jake's story, that maybe Gavin wouldn't have taken that pill. And so we want to spend a lot of time educating on, hey, if it can, if that pill can sit there and knock out a kid the size of Jake, what do you think it's going to do to you? Yeah, You know, if that stopped Jake's heart and here's a kid that's 6'3", 300 pounds and as strong as an ox, what's that going to do to you? And unfortunately, we lost one. We might lose another one and, we, and we've already lost Jake off the same thing. And so we've been lucky enough where people have heard this story and colleges have reached out to me and high schools have reached out to me and asked me to speak. Um, we would like to have these speaking engagements through Jake's projects to be able to, you know, make sure that we're able to spread the word and educate people. And I get a lot of people that will call me and tell me stories about what their kids are going through, what they've taken. And I'll be the first to say, I'm not a professional. All I can tell you is you need to see a professional if there's still time. And the other thing is, um, I, I can share what we went through as a family. It's as bad as you could possibly imagine. I tell people like you, Sean, who have kids, don't think about it too long because it'll depress you and you might not get out of that day, but we haven't gotten out of it. It's been over a year now. It's been about 14 months and it has been brutal for us every single day. Every holiday sucks. Every, the birthday, which we spent at your restaurant because Jake loved your restaurant. Um, it was brutal and to listen to your wife cry herself to sleep every night is the worst thing in the world. It never changes. Every night you can't fall asleep because you think about your son and every morning you wake up and it's like somebody throws a bucket of ice water in your face telling your kid's dead. And it is, it is brutal. And I don't wish this on anybody. And if anything I can do to, so it doesn't happen again is our, you know, our goal to, to change. So you, no other parent has to go through what we went through. Dave, uh, your, your courage in sharing your story, um, that's, it's beyond admirable what you did. I appreciate um, it. it. At the service in front of those 1,500 people, um, community. But people need to know that there's people like you. And my my goal is that my son eventually will be coached by you. That'd be awesome. I'd love, to, I'd love to do it. What you're doing inspires others. I appreciate um, that very much. I can't thank you, um, Jeff your family for everything you guys have done for us. Um, please purchase a shirt um, to honor Jake to kick off 2020 uh, for Jake's projects. Uh, that'll be on jakesprojects.org. Um, we're gonna continue to reach out for help, um, but we're also gonna watch you guys grow your show. Thank um, you. And start really. We're looking forward to following. We're going to follow in your footsteps here. Our next oh. goal is to make sure that we're we're getting these shows up on on, on video, and we're going to have big guests uh, showing up that will be in the garage. And uh, we're we're looking forward to to bringing the show to a, a whole nother level. Thanks to you. Well, you have a you have an army of super fans that are willing and able to help you in any way you need. So, Thank getting you. you on those stages, uh, sharing your message, so that other families don't have to go through what you you went through. Um, that's something that we're gonna we're gonna do. With whatever we can to make that happen. Thank you, John. I appreciate it, man. Love you. Love you too.